0: Good day, everyone. This is Matt with A Cup of Freedom. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Today is a day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice in it. I've got my cup of coffee, and I'm ready to visit with you today. This is a podcast where we talk about all things freedom in Christ and how we can live that out in every area of our lives. The Son has set us free, and we are free indeed. So a couple episodes ago, I, I kind of shared a little bit more of my my own story, my own journey with uh with a twenty year addiction to pornography and kind of kind of a, a couple of things on that and then and then last time you know I, I started talking about more of the root issues right and so anytime we're dealing with a behavior that we don't want, if we don't eventually get to the root of it and uh identify the the reason why we're going to something, then we're just going to be grasping at straws we're just going to be uh pulling weeds and they're going to grow back. And so in, until we get to the root, until we identify those root issues, then then we're we're just going to be grasping at straws. So we started talking about that this idea of thirst, right? Jesus uses the example of thirst. If anyone is thirsty, do we even recognize the thirst? And we started talking about uh you know these these longings and desires that that God has placed in us that are good and healthy desires. And yet, in some ways, we've we've those thirsts have been either drowned out, or we've looked to fulfill them. The thirst of the soul, we've looked to fulfill them in other ways. One of them being pornography. So this this desire that we have for worth and value and love and acceptance that can only be met in Christ, and we He's already met that in our spirit. Instead of drinking from what we have in our spirit, our souls uh, are turning outward to to the external to get. Our thirst met. So if you missed those, go back to that. But I want to, you know, oftentimes I want to go in a little bit more about desire today because oftentimes this is a misunderstood word, and we think about, well, you know, if I could only get rid of my desires or my sexual desires or whatever. And so I want to unpack this a little bit, and probably going to do a little bit more on this next week. Uh, but what 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 this comes down to is, I talk with guys as I think back about my own journey most of the time and this is the reason why I've I've called this episode do I have another choice and the reason is because I think sometimes we think we have two choices with this dealing with this fleshly behavior uh, of pornography okay the first choice is well we just got to get rid of our desire for sex we just got to suppress our desires or our passions we got to we got to kill you know kill that beast if you will okay uh, or the second one is well this is just the way I I am, and I've been made. So I'm just going to eventually have to give into it, and indulge, and look at it, and you know, if masturbation, masturbation's an issue, then I'm going to give into that too. So those are the two. It seemed like those are the only two options, and this is what the lie is. This is what I believe for so long. Well, I either need to just get rid of my <laughs> these urges, right, or I'm going to eventually just give into it. This is going to be my lot in life forever. And the question becomes, well, is there is there another way? Is there another choice? And again, as you know me, talking on this podcast, I'm not going to present to you another way, but it's a person. It's the person of Jesus Christ. Is the gospel really good enough? Is it really good news for us to really be able to embrace it as good news and to say there is another choice. There's another choice of the life of Christ that's in me. But I want to unpack these two, because, you know, why does it have this power over us? Well, let's look at the first one a little bit, too, the suppressing, right, the suppressing of the desires, because, again, our, our souls are thirsty. Whether we recognize it or not, uh, most people will spend their lives, and we're going to talk a little bit more about desire here in a little bit, but most of the time, uh, people are going to spend their whole lives either trying to get rid of these desires or longings, uh, or they're going to try to feed them, if you will. <laughs> and sometimes, obviously, they get fed in unhealthy ways. And so so this suppressing of the desire means, I don't like the fact that I have this compulsion. I don't like the fact that we even can blame God for it. I don't like the fact that I have this. And so, so we try to get rid of it. This is where even where you have the Um, you know, the priest type mentality where they're going to go and they're going to be, remain, you know, abstinent from, you know, from sex. And so, so, but here's, here's the truth of this is that God actually designed us, the great designer created us as sexual beings with sexual organs, with sexual desires. And here's the thing, as I said, last on last podcast This is good. It's God's good gift. It's God's good design. He actually designed us this way. This is not the truest core nature of who we are. We're a child of God. That's the truest thing about us. So our our sexuality is not the truest, deepest truth about us, but it's something that God's created us as. There's many reasons. We're not going to go into that in this podcast as why, but the desire for sex and the desire. Let me let me tell you this too. The desire for, for from a man's perspective, the desire for female beauty, he put in there, and for women, the desire for male beauty. I mean, we could try to suppress that till we're blue in the face, and people have distorted it, and it's confused. People are confused, and all of that. But it's a. Do we not understand that it's a God-given gift that He's given to us? And we can embrace that, and we can actually, just like all of this, these other gifts that we've talked about, our new identity, the life we have in Christ, our union with Him, our, our, that we're a new creation, all of these gifts, they're all gifts we, we, we can receive, we can open it and say, thank you, Lord. God designed sex, and He designed it to be pleasurable, and He designed it to be good, but He designed it, and there's other deeper realities of that. And we'll do we'll you know I'll do a podcast on on that as well. But he he designed it. So we're trying to when we try to suppress it or get rid of it, we're trying to get rid of something that God put in us, ingrained in us. I didn't understand this for so long. I just wanted it to be gone. I just wanted it to be be I just wanted it to be gotten rid of because well I couldn't I couldn't control it. I didn't have enough you know willpower, and so. So and th- so that's the one side of it. The other side of it then is well, eventually we're just going to give in to it. Well, eventually it's kind of the it's kind of just the oh well. You know, we've kind of gone past the whole suppressing it, and now we're just kind of like, well, this is the way because God, God did make me this way. Well, my only choice, my only outlet, then, if I'm especially if I'm not married or this or this, my only outlet then is just to give into it and watch porn and masturbate and all these kind of things. That's that's my only option. That's my lot. And we can, and we don't, may not say it that way, but we kind of we kind of give into that, right? Because it just becomes like our reality. And maybe we've tried really, really hard, but it always seems to come back. And we live in this cycle, and we've done really, really good, and we've recommitted, and we've rededicated, and we've tried to suppress those desires and all those kind of things, and we've bounced our eyes, and all the things we've been told to do, and they don't, and they don't ultimately work long term. Well, then what, what happens? We just, well, screw it. Let me give in to it. And, and that's what happens. And so, so is there another way? And so why does it have this power over us? Well, again, as I've said before, <clears throat> most of the power lies in the lying belief. It's a deep-seated belief. We think here's and here's where it goes back to the first two choices. We think, well, it's just our sex drive. We think, and oh, we're just looking for a release. Now, if and if we're married, we think, oh, well, if my wife was prettier, if my wife would just say yes more, um, if you know she would just give in to my, you know my you know more. Uh, if we're single, we think, well, if I was just married, the, the, my my issue would go away. All these kind of lies and distortions that have been brought in. We think we, we well, we think we have a lack of willpower. We, and then the other side of it is, which I tried for so long, is that we got to be more spiritual. If only I read my Bible more. If only I uh, went to went to church more often. If only I prayed harder. If only I, if it was all dependent on me, myself, and I, and what I did. And I've talked with you about this on, on on my journey. I had to get to the end of myself from the standpoint of my self-sufficiency and actually embracing the new self. The new self, I didn't know who who I was, so I, I it wasn't about getting rid of the new self. It was about getting rid of the self sufficiently and the becoming more spiritual and having more willpower. So we think it's just that. We think we just, well, it's just this release. We think we just want, and 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 yet we don't even go to the deeper the deeper level, the deeper truth, the deeper reality of, of what's happened. And so he created us as sexual beings. It's, beings. it's his design. We can embrace it. And we are actually most free. Here's, here's something I want you to hear. We are most free when we live to his design. That's when we experienced it. We, we think freedom is all these different kinds of things. Free to do whatever I want. Free to sleep with this person and look at this and do the... That's not real freedom. We're gonna I'm going to do a series. I'm working on a series right now and here in a couple of weeks, so we're going to be talking about what does real freedom really mean, Of spiritual freedom. So we think freedom is just to do whatever we want, but the real... We're most free. Here's the way God designed it, right? Freedom is designed... Uh, to be lived out and experienced best within within His design, and we actually think it's restrictive, but it's actually not, and that's what the lie about it is, right? Okay, so, um, so then what happens is, well, so guys, talk to me. Well, what about the? I had a guy ask me the there that, what about this desire? I was talking all about what he had in Christ this is all about it and he said what about my desires and so we get this we get this sexual rea- you know arousal right and this can be different for you know for everybody obviously younger people you know obviously if you're listening to this you you may have this at a greater in a greater level the hormones right or jumping off the roof or whatever um but first of all okay remember god creating us as sexual beings and it's and it's a good thing it's a good gift but we've turned the gift into something that We've demanded, and I'm going to talk about that here in a little bit, but then the sexual arousal, it comes from, and and this is where the thirst part comes in, it comes from the deep, these deep needs that we have in our souls and these unconscious beliefs. So the arousal comes up, the temptation comes up, and what have we done? We've developed these coping mechanisms to go and get these deep needs of our soul met, And we're living out of an unconscious belief. When I say unconscious, it means these deep lying beliefs of being unworthy, worthy of rejection, unacceptable, um, unloved, all of these things, those oftentimes are unconscious. We don't even recognize them because we've stuffed them down for so long and we don't even really know what we believe. So it reflects what's happening in our soul. So we think it's just about going to pornography for a sexual release. We think it's about that when it's actually the thirsty soul which we talked about last time the soul needs something and guess what porn's going to promise a whole lot it promises a whole lot it's going to give it to you so look to that go to that your soul's thirsty and we don't even see it that that actually sexuality is created to for a for a deeper reality of Christ and and we'll go into that when I do when I do the uh, you know the podcast on that so at the at the physical level we think it's just about that, but it's always spiritual at the physical level we want it to be a release or we want, it's pleasurable, and God made it all those things too. but the soul was thirsty, the soul was thirsty, and it's crying out so let's think let's think about Eve right real quick eve's example so on the physical level, first of all she she already had everything she needed in God she had already her her soul had been quenched, if you will. Her spirit definitely had been quenched, but her soul had been quenched. but God gives us free will. He still gave Eve and Adam free will to still choose to, when I mean, when I say choose, that's the free will. Okay, that's our soul. okay? We have the choice to choose to live out of the fullness of Christ, or we can still choose to go our own way. And that's the first sin is that something looked good physically. It was the apple, right? That was the lie right this is gonna this is going to satisfy a physical urge, a physical temptation it and it tasted good. She saw that it looked good. i mean, can we not relate this to pornography? We see that it looks good and we think we and we want to taste it, and then oftentimes when we do taste it in the moment, it's pretty good. If we're honest, right? So at the at the soul level, though, she was looking for satisfaction. So this is where we go to the root. Why am I going to this? Why am I compulsively? I'm looking for satisfaction in something. I'm looking for the relief we talked about last time. The relief of the soul ache, this longing, this longing for relationship, this longing for acceptance, and yet the fruit ta- the fruit looked good first. She, she believed the lie, which is the, this is going to satisfy. That's the lie, right? This is what you really want. Okay, that's the lie. And then she and she tasted it. And she was looking for life apart from God. That's the true lie. That's the core lie. At any time we go to pornography or whatever behavior, we're looking for life apart from God when he says, I've already given it to you. So at the physical level, we can see, oh, I was hungry looked good, tasted good. So let's think about, let's, let's relay that to the sexual arousal. Looks good, my pornography, it looks good. Uh, if I do this, it, maybe it gives me a little bit of release. And when we don't even go to the deeper level. We're looking for life. We're looking for satisfaction. We're looking to quench the soul. We're choosing life apart from God. And that's the core, that's the core difference between desire and lust. And so just, just a minute here on this. Desire, which we said is already God-given, and it's it's God-ingrained, it's put into us versus lust. I love this quote from Frederick Buchner. He says, uh, the, talking about lust, "...it's a craving for salt for a man who is dying of thirst." So notice that, first of all, he says there's a craving or well, someone's dying of thirst. So someone's thirsty. Again, it goes back to the recognition. Are we even aware of the longings of our soul? I contend most people are not. Why? Because I wasn't for a long time. We just got to get up, keep going, keep doing what we know what we got to do, and we just we stuff and and suppress, which I'm going to talk about here in a minute, all the deep longings of our soul. So we don't even know we're thirsty, but but lust is... Um, I'm thirsty, I'm dying of thirst actually, (laughs) I've got this need that needs to be met, but then I'm actually, what am I doing? I'm going for salt, I'm going to salt to quench this thirst, and if anybody knows the reality, if you ever swam in the ocean, right, and you get that salt water in your mouth, it's horrible, right? I love the ocean, but the taste of salt water is horrible, and does it quench our thirst? Absolutely not, it actually makes you even more thirsty, have you ever gotten that salt water in your mouth and you can't even can't stand it. You got to go in and get a drink of regular water. And that's what lust is. Lust is saying, uh, I'm dying of thirst, but I'm going to drink the salt water. And you actually, and here's the thing, and you actually crave it. You actually crave the salt water because you think the salt water is going to quench the thirst. And it doesn't. So desire and thirst, there is a reason why God uses this language in Scripture because... Desire and thirst are essential to our spiritual life because the soul is the most alive part of us. And what I say, what I mean by that is, that's our experiential part of us. That's our personality. It's how we experience the spirit life, which is, as I've talked about before, which is quiet, which is stationary, which is at rest. But the soul life is how we're supposed to experience this life at rest, and it's our, and it's essential to the spirit spiritual life, and yet. Number one, most people don't understand their desires and their thirsts, <laughs> their longings of their soul. And then number two, um, they don't even really know what they want, and and they think that they want to go to this pornography. They think that that's what they really want. And we're going to end with that in a minute. But I want to go into this. So every every fleshly behavior, whether it's uh, you know the positive flesh, which is more of the religious type of thing, or or the negative flesh, which would be pornography and eating addiction, you know, whatever, is rooted in a God given desire and thirst. So what do you desire? What do you long for? It's core longings. Well, I would say the core longings for every person is unconditional love, acceptance, and value. That's the core longing. And those are things that only God can provide. That's the core desire of our of our souls. Everything else flows from that. And I love this verse in Isaiah 55, 1 and 2. He says, this is an Old Testament uh, speaking to the thirst of the soul. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters of you who have no money. Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread? and your labor, and what does not satisfy. He's saying, why are you going to something that's not going to satisfy? Why are you doing He says, come, that you're thirsty because the living water of Christ, it's a, it's, a, it's a revelation of Jesus, the life we have in Christ. Come to the waters. Come to the living waters. And he says, you don't need any money for it. You can drink from this because it's free. You don't need any money to buy. come and buy and eat of this. It's overflowing. It's never-ending. Jesus doesn't call us to self-improve. He calls us to drink from his life. So this reawakening reawakening of our desires is something a lot of times has been shut down. We don't even know the thirst. We're not aware of it. And then we're seeking to get this need met apart from Christ. These are the deeper realities. And then what happens is lust becomes a way of meeting this. it's, it's, It's basically a distorted Desire. We we've distorted our desires and we've turned it into a demand. And I want to mention that here at the end. There's kind of three ways that we've done this. So lust is 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 just that. It's it's disordered desire. Um, we we're demanding that our desires now be met. Okay. Or the other side of it is that we're disowning our desires. The lust part of it is the demand. Okay. the other suppression side of it is I just got to, as I said, back to the first two choices, either suppress it or give into it. Those we think are the only two choices. Uh, So I'm going to kind of go through, you know, um, but here's here's a kind of a question I want you to think about. What if, right, what if we actually allowed these desires, first of all, become aware of them? Okay, get in touch with these desires and realize they're they're God—they're God-born, they're God-given. But we allow those desires instead of trying to suppress them uh, and get rid of them, or just think that we have to turn them into lust. Or or what what if we actually allowed them to lead us to what we are really longing for, which is life in Christ, which is what we already have? I didn't know—I didn't know that I my thirst had been quenched for so long. So God is inviting us to desire more deeply. It's not that he didn't make sex good, but he's desiring that we get our needs met through him. We're too easily pleased. We're too easily pleased. So there's three kind of different ways, three kind of words I want to use real quick. Um, demanded desire. This is kind of what the, where the lust comes from. So this goes back to back what I talked about last time, which is this relief from this pain of this unmet thirst. Okay, so this what this demanding does is that I have to have it. I have to, I have to, I have to re- re- relieve this, this uh, discontent, this this soul thirst, this soul pain, and the only way I know how to do it is I'm going to go and consume this pornography, or I'm going to eat this food, or I'm going to be really, really spiritual and religious. That's the only way that I'm going to go. But this demanded desire. This lust it become it turns people into objects we use them we become consumers and I want to say this the our, our core problem is not and I went back to this from the very beginning our core problem is not desire God created us with this desire okay and the problem is not that we have a thirsty soul that's not the, neither one we think those are the two problems. I just got to get rid of it. And then like I'm gonna have to indulge in it at some point. No, God created us with longings, but He created us with longings that only He can meet. The real problem is getting our thirst met on our terms. That's what that's a definition of lust. Getting Getting my needs met on my own terms, and I'm gonna demand it to be done however I say it's gonna be done. That's that's what that's the nature of addiction. I've got a soul need and I'm gonna go get it met no matter. No matter, no matter, no matter what, it's looking apart from Christ for real satisfaction. That was the sin of Adam and Eve, and that is the choice that we make when we go apart from what we already have—the real satisfaction in, in Christ. So that's the first part. Um, the, the The demanded, the demanded desire. That's that's where lust comes in. It's it's we demand it. We got to have it. Um, and so, uh, so the, the second one then is um, is disowned, which we kind of talked about. That we've disowned it, right? We've disowned it. We just we just try to suppress it. And the third one then is misplaced, kind of this misplaced or misguided. So we direct our desires away from life in Christ, and and then this takes the place of God. This is where our appetite is going to be met somehow, some way. And I want to end with this. So those are kind of the three ways that, that desire that desire turns into lust or it gets distorted. But here's the question I want to... Because this is the bottom line, right? Like, we think these things are what we really want. We we actually think, well... Again, going back to the first two choices. Well, uh, I'm either going to get rid of this because cause what I really want is to look at pornography or I'm going to eventually just get into it because this is the way the way I am. But the... <laughs> The greater reality I'm always trying to draw you into, like I said before, is what if these longings, what if these desires are, would actually lead us to what we what we already have in Christ, that we're already at rest, where he's already fully satisfied us. And here's the question, what do we really want? We actually really don't want to sin. We don't want to go to this behavior. Every guy that I talk to, even myself, remembering I never woke up and said, oh, this is what I really want to do with my life. No. But yet we can't seem to stop. Why? Because again, a lot of what I talked about here, but we don't want to sin. We think we do. God has actually put a deep passion in us for him. That's the deeper reality. And we're to drink from this source that we have in him, the life of him in us. And I want to end with this because I've gone too long. But this is I want you to spend some time maybe today or this week on Romans six because I'm going to continue with this next week. But Romans six gives us a great encouragement, and it talks about this because we think we want this, but here's actually what, what he's actually done to us. In in Romans six, uh, talks about now he's, we've been made slaves to righteousness, and he says he says this he says. Um, but thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, okay, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. Another version says, You have now been made obedient from the heart. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Romans six, seventeen and eighteen. I would encourage you to go to those verses this week. Notice what it says. We used to be, that's what we used to be, slaves to sin. That's what we really wanted. Before Christ, that's all we wanted. That was our nature. We were dead in our sin. We were slaves to sin, as he said. We couldn't think of any other way to live. Now, we've wholeheartedly been changed. Because we've placed our faith in Jesus and what he's accomplished, guess what? He's actually made us obedient from the heart. And we're going to talk about the new heart that we have uh also going forward this new heart because there's nothing I'm going to tell you that, hear me here at the end those of you that are struggling with this addiction or or any kind of thing the greatest thing i can tell you the greatest thing you can hear from jesus today in dealing with this behavior or whatever maybe you're losing hope maybe you're You just don't ever know if the struggle is going to go away the greatest thing i can tell you and encourage you is about your new heart in jesus that you've already got a new heart and you really don't want to sin, you've been made brand new that's the third choice there's no it's not even a it's like you think about it like it's not even really uh it's a no brainer but yet we only think if we only think we have two options, that's what we're going to live out of He's made us obedient from the heart we've trusted that that happened at salvation and he says you've now been set free from sin and have become slaves to right. It's, those are powerful scriptures. I would encourage you to go to that because what you really want, what you really want is that you've already been made obedient from the heart. You have this passion for God deep inside of you. And sure, maybe you've, maybe you've uh, lost the awareness of that. Maybe it's been drowned out. And sure, when we choose to go to the fleshly behaviors, we're not going to feel that, right? But this is reality and truth that you've been set free from sin and been made alive to God and embrace that, embrace that. So all of these desires that we have that are God-given are meant to lead us to the wellspring of life, his life, which is already in us. Drink from that today, my friends drink from that today. I hope this encourages you. Please reach out to us. Uh, We offer one-on-one coaching. We've also just started a new men's group if you'd like to pursue that. Uh, And we're going to continue on this journey. And I know you are going to continue with us. Thanks for listening today. And as we say here on this podcast, come as you are and find freedom. We'll talk to you next time.